0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the May 19th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Did you really think I was going to not release an episode the week of the PGA Championship? If you thought that, you thought. Wrong! PGA Championship week. Yes, I started a new job this week. Yes, I'm extremely busy and barely had time to write down notes for this and record it. Yes, I might be looking up up some stuff halfway through the podcast because my notes aren't as detailed as usual, but I wasn't going to miss an episode During a major championship week. This episode is all PGA Championship. So if you're here for MLB picks or NHL picks or NBA picks or UFC picks or anything like that. I don't have any of that for you guys. I'm sorry. It's been a busy week starting a new job with BetSided. It's exciting times for me. But I just haven't had time to handicap a full slate of events like I normally do on this podcast. But yes, this podcast will continue in one form or another. We'll see what the form of this podcast will take in the future, but for today's show, like I said, it's all about the PGA Championship, and it's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode since we're just focusing on that, but it's Major Championship Week. I love betting on major tournaments. I crushed the Masters despite not picking an outright winner. I did very well with my bets at the Masters, so I'm hoping that I can continue that success in major tournaments with the PGA Championship this week. Um, I don't really have anything else to talk about here at the start of the episode. Um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. rate it, review it. all that good stuff. Jeez, usually I go on like a like a seven to ten minute rant at the start of the podcast. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I really don't. I don't have anything to to promote. Um, let's get into it then <laughs> All right, cue the intro music. It's the May nineteenth episode. Of the Bacon Bets Podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 handle. And let's get right into it. It's the 2021 PGA Championship. This year's version of the event, because if you aren't a golf fan, um, the only major championship that stays at the same track every single year is the Masters, the US Open and PGA Championship, and British Open switch around to different golf courses. Sometimes they'll return to a golf course a handful of years later, which is the case with this year's PGA Championship. It is being held at Kiowa Island Golf Resort. It's the Ocean Course at Kiowa, uh, which, if you're cu- curious, is located in South Carolina. Which you may think uh, it doesn't—it doesn't sound like it's located in South Carolina, Kiowa, but it is. Uh, but the last time and the only time a PGA Tour event was held here outside of early Ryder Cups, um, where was the 2012 PGA Championship was held here? Rory McIlroy won that event for his first PGA Championship. I believe it was his second major at the time uh and he dominated i believe he won uh with the final score of 12 under and i think the next closest was four under or five under i think he, he won by eight strokes um and his winning score is 12 under so i guess the next closest must have been four under so Big thing that you're probably going to hear about a lot heading into this week is how long this course is. Very, very, very long course. 7,876 yards. Of course, it is a par 72. Um, I'm going to get into this more here in a couple of minutes, but uh, don't let that length kind of distract you because I actually don't think the length is what's most important here this week. Uh, but it is a Pete Dye-designed uh, course for any of you golf architect nerds. Now, the big thing about Kiowa is... Um, and if you're a new listener, this is how I kind of go through these PJ tour events, my betting preview. I start talking about the, uh, course itself and then I get into some key stats and then afterwards, um, I'll give you guys my actual picks and I have a handful of picks and boy, oh boy, I struggled deciding on who I actually wanted to place my money on. There was a lot of different options out there and because it's a major championship, I'm just going to go through a lot of the top golfers and give my thoughts on, um, Quite a few of them, since I know a lot of you, not only do you place bets on major championships, but you also create uh, daily fantasy lineups. You do uh, enter in like pools in your office and things like that. So I'm going to give my thoughts on a lot of the top golfers on the odds list. But first, I want to talk about the course itself, because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting event here at Kiowa, and the main thing is that it it's a links course and it's, it's kind of like a, a, a true links course, except for kind of one facet of it. Um, but I tweeted out, it was actually my first article that I wrote uh, for BetSided is about how you should be eyeing Europeans at the PGA championship this week. So check that out on Twitter. It's on my timeline. It's in my pin tweet, uh, at least as of right now. Um, but I kind of dive into that a little bit more, but the reason why you should be looking at European golfers this week, like I mentioned, it is a link style course. So if you aren't familiar with what I mean by Lynx style course, links style courses are very popular in Europe, specifically uh, in, in England and in Scotland, kind of the birthplace of golf. Lynx golf courses are usually located on a shoreline. Um, they're very open, very few trees, a lot of undulations, you know, slight hills, you know. Uh, greens are tough to put on because a lot of undulations on the green. And because they are number one open, Uh, an open concept and number two because they're on uh, the the right beside a body of water it gets very 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 windy at these courses so why you kind of europeans gotta have a little bit of an advantage there is because um, a lot of courses in the states aren't links courses they're what's called parkland courses which are more it seems like it kind of gets it feels like it's in a park there's lots of trees um it's not kind of on a on an ocean front you don't usually need to deal with wind that much there's not as many undulations so european golfers especially obviously those who golf on the european tour quite often are going to be a lot more used to golfing on link style courses and even uh, uh even european golfers who golf on the PGA Tour most of the time, they still grew up, for the most part, playing on link-style courses when they were kids, especially those golfers that are from England, uh, Scotland, and, you know, those Great Britain countries. So, um, focus on Europeans here this week. I I think Europeans are going to have a strong week, and that's supported by the fact of how Europeans did in the 2012 version of this event, which was held at Kiowa. I mentioned already Roy McIlroy won the event. He is a Northern Irishman, so he's obviously European. And in fact, seven of the top 10 golfers at the 2012 version of the PGA Championship held at Kiowa were European. Um, So 25.6 of golfers in that event were from Europe, but then 70% of the golfers in the top 10 were also from Europe. So Europeans did very, very well at the 2012 version of this event. And then another kind of factor to add on top of all of that is the type of grass that they use here. Um, you guys know <laughs> I like to talk, I like to handicap the grass when I'm handicapping golf every now and then. Usually we're just talking about the difference between bent grass and poana grass, um, but now there's this different kind of grass, which is very rare, especially in PGA Tour events, um, and I'm sure I will mispronounce this, paspalum grass, Pas, paspalum, P-A-S-P-A-L-U-M, grass, very rare on the PGA Tour. The Puerto Rico Open is one event that uses it, and there's one other that... That is escaping me. The name of it is escaping me off the top of my head. But I think two, maybe three events in the PGA Tour use it. A Barbasol Championship, I think it might have been. Um, And the events that do use it are usually minor events that are going on the same week as a WGC event. So, PGA Tour guys, not a lot of them golf on this stuff. But where this grass is popular is on the European Tour. Specifically the events that take place in the Middle East. Which is the Saudi International and the Abu Dhabi Championship. So, that's another point why you should favor Europeans a little bit because um link style course, they're used to golfing on link style courses um and then the grass paspalum grass. So I I I think you got to favor I think you got to favor Europeans a little bit here and like I said it kind of Proved to be the case back in 2012 that Europeans did did Europeans did better than Americans. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind. I'm not saying only bet on Europeans. I'm not saying don't bet on Americans. But it's it's a little bit of a key fact that a uh, key factor that you should keep in the back of your mind when you are deciding who you are going to wager on. Um, also, this course was long in 2012. It's even longer now. It's actually around 200 yards longer now than it is in 2012 due to some new tee boxes. So it is a long course, but I said earlier, I don't think length is the most important thing. I actually think around the green, strokes gained around the green um, is what's most important. And this is the one part of the golf course that actually isn't um, similar to link style courses, is that there are a lot of elevated greens, which is something that you'll see at a lot of Pete Dye design courses. I believe it's eight of the greens um, at Kiowa are elevated and that's not usually typical of a link style course. Link style courses don't usually have elevated greens because usually you do a lot of bump and run, a lot of low trajectory shots under the greens here. You can't really do those kinds of shots on elevated greens. So that's kind of the one factor that isn't a link style course. You see elevated greens more in parkland style courses. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, that the greens are a little bit of elevated and not only are, are they elevated, but a lot of them are actually kind of small as well. So I think strokes gained around the green is going to be extremely important because guys are going to miss the green and being able to get it back on the green and then saving power when on elevated greens, that's tricky to do. That's very, very hard to do. And to kind of add to that fact, when Rory McIlroy won this event in 2012, he led the field in driving distance. So people look at that event, and they see Rory McIlroy led in driving distance. They see that as a very long course, and they think, oh, okay, so let's bet on long drivers. But a key factor about Rory McIlroy's dominant win back in 2012 that people don't really talk about is he actually led the field in scrambling percentage that week as well. Everyone talks about how he led the field in driving and how he dominated off the tee, which is true. But he also led the field in scrambling. I think scrambling is 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 more important this week than driving is going to be. Now, speaking about driving, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, I would not bet on him this week. Uh, usually, they don't really have any thick rough at Kiowa. They added in some thick rough for this major championship, but it's still not as thick as what you would normally see at a place like Winged Foot, where Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open last week. And people think Bryson DeChambeau's biggest advantage is his driving distance. It isn't. His biggest advantage is... Uh, his wedge shots out of deep rough because he uses those clubs, all of his irons and all of his wedges are the same length. So because his wedges are longer than everyone else's wedges, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, he can create more speed with a swing, which helps him get out of those deep uh, those deep uh rough areas with his wedges. That's an advantage that other guys don't have because their their wedges are shorter. But because a course like this doesn't really have that deep rough, DeChambeau is not exactly going to have that um, advantage that he normally does. Now, if he drives the ball as well as he can, not just distance, I'm talking more accuracy, uh, he could just gouge this course. I don't see it, though. So um, I would say don't get seduced by Bryson DeChambeau's driving distance here at Kiowa. Um so let's get into my five key stats here for the event. Most of them you can probably guess judging based on how I've kind of talked about this event so far. We're going to start with strokes gained off the tee because it is a little bit of a tricky course off the tee. It is long, but I don't want to just look at driving distance because placement off the tee is going to be important too. Accuracy is going to be important. So let's just wrap that all into one. Strokes gained off the tee, that's going to be the first key stat. Then we're looking at greens and regulation. So greens and regulation gonna be very important because of these elevated greens, because the areas around the greens are so tough. If guys can just get on the green regulation, that's going to be a big advantage. If they're not good at getting in green regulation, they find themselves having to scramble to try to save power more often than not. That's going to be tough. That's that that's that's an absolute recipe for disaster. Um. And then we're looking at strokes gained around the green, obviously. So I I was deciding between scrambling percentage and strokes gained around the green. I decided to go strokes gained around the green this week. Um, But then the fourth key stat is bogey avoidance, which is very similar to scrambling percentage. Being able to avoid those bogeys. It's going to be, it's not going to be a low scoring event. I would guess the winning score is going to be in the single digits, probably eight under, nine under. Uh, Like I said, Rory McIlroy won at 12 under in 2012, but the next closest must have been four under. Uh, so I, it's not going to be that low scoring of an event. So we need guys who aren't going to give up strokes. Pars will be fine this week. And then finally, strokes gain, putting. Of course, we want to look at putting every single event when we handicap golf. That's half the sport is putting. Um, and I, I know that better than anyone because I can't putt this year. My short game, uh, golf courses have opened up here a few weeks ago. So I've been golfing my short game. Fucking atrocious. If you watched my iron shots, you would probably think I'm like a 10 handicap. If you watch me chipping and putting, you'd think I was like a 40 handicap. It's tough. Not good. So I know how important putting is. Uh, it's important every single PJ Tour event, so you need to pay attention to that this week as well. Um, so I believe that's all I wanted to talk about as far as the course. Wind is going to be crazy. Um, obviously, it's right on the ocean front there. Wind's going to be tough. It's going to be howling. So we want guys, I mean, those Europeans at golf and link style courses at golf in Europe, they're going to be a lot used to golfing in the elements more than Americans. But still, don't kind of put, don't put all your eggs in kind of that European basket. I'm certainly not. Speaking of which, let's get into my picks. Now my top pick right away, I'm going to get into my picks first and then I'm going to go through some other golfers and give my thoughts on them. So my top pick, I had it. As Daniel Berger, up until about thirty minutes before clicking record here, um, and I actually tweeted out a meme that I uh, was trying my best not to bet on Xander Shoffley, and then thirty minutes right, thirty minutes ago, right as of, as I was about to lock in my bets officially, I made the switch from Daniel Berger to Xander Shoffley. I'm back on Xander Shoffley again. A couple of reasons why. One reason is. I've been betting on Xander Shoffley in almost every single major for like the past two, like three years now. If this is the one time I don't bet on him, I know he's going to win, and I would just be absolutely heartbroken. So I feel like I just have to keep betting on Xander in every single major until he wins. Wins. Uh, wins one. He's twenty to one. I also got him top five of plus three seventy five to kind of give me a little bit of a, a little bit of a hedge just in case he breaks my heart on Sunday like he did at the Masters there um, a couple months ago. But the main reason why I moved away from Daniel Berger is because Daniel Berger's strokes gained around the green are not good. Uh, That's his biggest weakness. And the other guy that I'm betting on uh, to win, that's also his weakness as well. So I didn't want to bet on two guys that are bad around the greens um, because, like I said, I think it's the most important thing. So I shouldn't be betting on anyone who's bad around the greens. Um, Certainly not two guys. Meanwhile, Xander Shoffley, very good around the greens. He's actually very good everywhere. Okay, come on, there's no way a guy this good needs to win a major at some point here soon so he's 44th strokes gained off the tee 19th in greens and regulation 17th in strokes gained around the green 63rd in bogey avoidance and then 9th in strokes gained putting another reason why i like xander Shoffley is that um i need to shout out this twitter account so earlier today on tuesday twitter account at pga splits 101 um tweeted out uh, the strokes, game stat, strokes gain stats for everyone in the field this week when they're competing on link style courses. So very, very interesting to look at. Um, check out my Twitter timeline, and uh, I, I retweeted it. You'll see it there. Xander Shoffley actually leads the field in average strokes gained at Lynx-style courses, which I thought was interesting considering he's not European like I've talked about. Now, he's 12th in strokes gained total, um, but he's only golf 21 rounds on link style courses, which some, which is some of the fewest in the field, but he leads the field in strokes gained average. He's averaging 2.79 strokes gained on the field on link style courses. So that was kind of like, that was another thing that, that, that made me, um, like Xander Shoffley here. So he's great around the greens. He's a great putter, great iron player. He's even though he hasn't played a ton on link style courses when he's, when he has, he's been very successful. I can't, Fathom not betting on him, and then him winning the first time that I didn't bet on on him to win a major in the over the past three or four years. So Xander Shoffley is going to be my first pick. I'm very excited for him to break my heart once again on Sunday. Xander Shoffley, twenty to one to win, top five plus three seventy five. My next pick, I am going with the European. I'm going with an Englishman, Terrell Hatton, another one of my guys that I love to bet on. Now he's not good around the greens. That's that's kind of his his issue, which gives me pause for concern or cause for concern this week. He's 193rd on the PJ tour and strokes gained around the green, but I'm hoping that this is one of those cases where someone just figures it out and everything clicks one week. And I hope that happens with him with his strokes gained around the green. But the reasons why I do like Terrell Hatton, a few reasons. One, obviously he's European. He's great on links courses. Um, if I bring up this stat here about how um, he's fifth, fifth in strokes gained total, um, on link style courses in the field this week, so he's very good in link style courses. Um, his his uh win that he had last year in the PJ Tour was at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and if you remember that event, especially on Sunday, the wind was absolutely nuts. It was a hard scoring event uh conditions were tough is rainy it was windy a lot of similar conditions that i think we'll see this week at kiowa and terrell hatton came out on top and he won that event pretty handily so he knows how to golf in conditions he knows how to golf on links courses and that Paspalum grass once again i'm sure i'm mispronouncing that he's great on that as well um he won the abu dhabi uh abu dhabi the invitational abu dhabi championship whatever his his european tour events a handful of them i think it's two or three um were on that past Blum grass as well so he's proven that he knows how to play on that specific style of grass and i actually think we're getting a pretty good price on him at 50 to one so i have i have terrell hatton sorry terrell hatton 50 to one and top 10 at plus 300 like i said he's great everywhere if he was even in the top 100 and strokes gained around the green i i would be putting a lot of money on him but that's strokes gained around the green his scrambling ability does give me a little bit of cause for concern but he's so good everywhere else especially on links courses especially on this style of grass especially in windy conditions that i love uh terrell hatton at 50 to 1 top 10 plus 300 so those are my two picks to win and like i said i had xander shoffley top five i had terrell hatton top 10 i have a long shot here not taking this guy to win taking this guy to finish in the top 20 though and this is a former former major champion, Danny Willett. That may be a name that a lot of you haven't heard of since the infamous Jordan Spieth collapse at the Masters when Danny Willett came from behind to win the Masters. For the most part, he hasn't been great, especially when he's competed on the PJ Tour. He does a lot better on the European Tour. But I'm going to take him to finish in the top 20 at plus 800. So top 20, that's it. 8-1, to 1, very good price. For that, I think I think there's some value there. He's in good form. At least his last event, he came a he finished tied for 11th at the British Masters last year. Like I said, he historically performs a lot better on the European Tour. And what is what kind of events are on the European Tour? Events that are on link style courses, events that are going to be in a little bit more windy conditions. So if there's a, a guy you're looking for who doesn't usually do well on American style courses, does better on European style courses. That guy is Danny Willett. And if you're talking about strokes gained around the green, that is his biggest strength. T19 on the PJ Tour and strokes gained around the green. Now he does have some other things that like, he's, he hasn't been a great iron player this year. He's not good in greens and regulation. So that's why I'm not taking him top 10 or top 5 or to win. But I kind of like that price for him to sneak into the top 20 there at 8-1. That's Danny Willett. Uh, another bet that I'm going to do, i got a first round leader bet locked in and if you guys want to bet on this guy to win i wouldn't blame you whatsoever because i think this is a great pick as well and that's cameron smith the australian Um, i'm going to take him uh first round leader at 50 to 1 um he is actually leading the pj tour right now in first round scoring so he's the best he's the best on the pj tour right now in scoring in the first round so that's a big reason why i'm going to take him first round leader he's also 11th in strokes gained around the green T14 at strokes gain putting. Uh, he just won that team event. It was him and Mark Leishman won the um, uh, Zurich Classic, the team event there in New Orleans. So he, he's been in great form. Uh, let's actually look up how he's done specifically recently here. Um, RBC Heritage T9 Masters T10 Players T17 WTC Mexico T11 uh, Genesis Invitational Fourth. And so his last time that he didn't finish in like the top 15 or the top 20 was the farmer's insurance open. He missed the cut back in January. So Cameron Smith, very, very good form, including that win at the zero classic, very good around the greens. Um, and he's leading the PJ tour in first round scoring. So I'm going to take him to lead after the first round at 50 to one. And I might even take him live uh, maybe Friday or Saturday, depending on how he's looking after the first round. So uh, Cameron Smith, first round leader, fifty to one, um, and then I got two tournament matchup bets as well. If some of you are a little bit more conservative betters out there, you don't want to take any guys to win, you don't want to take top tens, you want just a little bit more of a of a closer one v one type of bet. I got two. First one, I actually have two units on, and that's Paul Casey minus one thirty. It gets Sung Im. Love Paul Casey in this matchup. European does well at majors. Uh, finished second at the PGA Championship last year, different course, so it doesn't really add up that much. But um, big reason why I like him, Paul Casey in strokes gained around the green is I don't have it written down, so I'm just looking up, looking it up here 61st, so pretty good. But Sung J.M. 171st. So Sung Jim, I don't think this is a good style course for Sung Jim. I like Paul Casey here quite a bit, especially Paul Casey's obviously European, so he like he's familiar with these link style courses. He's familiar with golfing in the wind. Sung JM is not. So Paul Casey minus 130, and that is a two unit bet for me. And then the other matchup is another bet on Cameron Smith. I'm taking him plus one fifteen against Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau I already talked about Bryson DeChambeau people are going to be all over him because of his distance off the tee I'm not buying it the rough isn't thick enough for him to kind of have that advantage with his with his wedge shots and he just generally hasn't really played well recently he's driving his yeah he's hitting it long but he hasn't been hitting it accurate um in my opinion so Those are my bets. Those are the ones I have locked in. I'm not taking any prop bets uh, this year. I will have my three-ball, two-ball bets as the week goes on. Um, I will tweet out my three-ball bets for Thursday on my Twitter account. So if you aren't following me, of course, make sure that you are following me at Ian IanMacBets, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. So that's my quick preview uh, those are my five key stats that I broke down. I'll just quickly recap my picks one more time. Xander Shoffley to win 20 to 1. Xander Shoffley top five plus 375. Uh, Terrell Hatton, Terrell Hatton 50 to 1 to win top 10 finish 3 to 1. Danny Willett top 28 8 to 1. Uh, Cameron Smith to lead or to be the first round leader to be leading after the first round 50 to 1. Paul Casey minus 130 against Sungjae Im and that's a two unit play and then Cameron Smith plus 115 against Bryson DeChambeau. Um, and then finally, let's finish off by just kind of talking about some of the top guys um, top guys uh, on the odds list here. Um, just to kind of give my thoughts. So, Rory McIlroy is the favorite, 12-1, to one, and it kind of makes sense because he broke his drought there a couple weeks ago at the Wells Fargo Championship, first time in 18 months that he got a win. And he won the last time the PGA Championship was at um, at this course back in 2012. So, I mean, for good reason, he is the betting favorite, but I'm here to tell you don't bet on Rory McIlroy and this is another article that I wrote at to check it out if you want to dive into it a little bit deeper but um, like I mentioned I think the main reason why he was so dominant at the uh, at the PJ Championship um, here in 2012 was his scrambling play first on the PJ tour uh, sorry first in that event in scrambling he dominated the field with his scrambling but on the on the PJ tour this year he is 91st and strokes gained around the green, and he's even worse than that. I think I want to say 112th, I think, in scrambling percentage. That's actually been the worst part of his game, and even at the Wells Fargo Championship when he won – Um, two weeks ago his strokes gained around the green category was his worst category he was great off the tee he putted great that week his approach shots were great that week Um, but I think it was like he only gained like 0.03 strokes gained on the field and strokes gained around the green that week so that is still the weakest part of his game Um, whereas when he won in 2012 that was probably hit the strongest part of his game if not it was right there with his driving so not sold on Roy McIlroy this week especially as a betting favorite John Rahm He's next 15 to 1. I like a lot of what John Rahm offers here, but his putting concerns me. 120th in strokes gained putting. Um, I don't like betting on a guy whose odds are that short. I mean, he's he's a second second on the odds list behind McIlroy while being 120th in strokes gained putting. I would want to see a guy um, a lot better in strokes gained putting than that. Uh, Jordan Spieth, he's also at 15 to 1. Go ahead and fire on Jordan Spieth if you want to. I think the price is a little bit too short form, but I mean, you got the storyline that Jordan Spieth can complete the career Grand Slam this week with the PGA Championship. Career Grand Slam, if you don't know, if you're a casual golf fan, excuse me, it is to win the four major tournaments within your career, being the Masters, the US Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship. Only five golfers have ever completed the career Grand Slam. A handful of guys that you think probably did haven't, including Arnold Palmer, hasn't or didn't complete the, the career Grand Slam. It was actually the PGA Championship was the one uh, that he didn't get. Phil Mickelson hasn't completed the career Grand Slam. He's still waiting on that U.S. Open. He has like five second-place finishes at the U.S. Open but never won it. Jordan Spieth, he's won the Masters, won the U.S. Open, won the British Open. He needs the PGA Championship to complete the grand, the career Grand Slam. And he's, I mean, he's been in fantastic form. All of his numbers are good. His driving has been a lot better than what it was in in recent years when he was kind of not playing well. Um I don't have a reason to tell you guys not to bet on Jordan Spieth. I just personally would have liked a little bit better odds, a little bit better value. I think he's I think him I think he's a little bit of a a public golfer in the sense that a lot of people bet on him because he's popular. Uh but because a lot of people bet on him, I don't think there's he doesn't usually offer a ton of value, especially this week at 15 to 1 in my opinion. Um, but I would certainly take him at 15-1 to 1 before I take Roy McIlroy at 12-1. I'd take Spieth at 15-1 to 1 before i take John Rahm at 15-1 to 1 for sure. So can't argue against the Jordan Spieth uh, bet here this week, um, but I'm going to stay away from it myself. Um, next, Justin Thomas, 15-1. to 1. I don't really, I mean, that's another one. I don't really have a lot to say um, about him as far as arguing against someone who wants to bet on Justin Thomas. I mean, he's very good around the greens, 10th in strokes gained around the green, uh, very good with an iron in his hand. I want to say, and I'm going to look this up here right now because I don't have it in my notes. I don't think he's been great off the tee this year. Um, 78th in strokes gained off the tee. So that's kind of, when he runs into trouble, it's when his driving gets a little bit erratic. Um, but it, it would be kind of hard for me to argue against a Justin Thomas bet as well. What's his putting like? Let's, let's look at his putting. 95th in strokes gained putting. Yeah, so and then that's kind of what I figured too. His putting hasn't been great this year either. So, I wouldn't argue too much. Out that kind of group of top five guys, and we'll even throw—actually, we'll we'll throw in the top six guys here, kind of separated from the pack. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson at sixteen to one, and then DeChambeau at seventeen to one. If I had to pick one of those guys to uh, part ways with my money on, I would be taking Jordan Spieth at fifteen to one. Um, Dustin Johnson has been all out of sorts recently, especially his putting. Let's look at me—I mean, he's hundred and eleventh in strokes gained putting. Uh, so that I mean that's that's not great. That's kind of been his downfall lately. He's decent around the greens, t49, and uh, strokes gained around the green. And obviously, Dustin Johnson's a great driver, but his his putting is a little bit questionable recently. I talked about Deshambo, Victor Hovland at twenty twenty to one is 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 an interesting choice. One of those guys that I would have loved to bet on if we were getting a little bit longer odds. Um, but I mean, he he's obviously a very good golfer. Not he is. Um, and 94th in strokes gained around the green, which, which is solid. Um, but I mean, this is a 64th in bogey avoidance. I think his putting is kind of his downfall as well. A uh, 60th in strokes gained putting. I don't hate Victor Hovland this week. Uh, another European, if you want to go with that European angle, uh, Colin Morikawa. I don't like him. He's a defending champ, but I don't think the style of course fits him very well. Um, His putting has been bad. That's been his downfall. 74th in strokes gained around the green, so not terrible there. Um, But, I mean, if you want to take a shot at the defending champ, Colin Morikawa, I've talked about him in the past. He's kind of a little bit of a frustrating golfer because he kind of seems like his game's not really 100% put together. And then, like, once every two months, he just puts it all together for one tournament and then goes on to win and looks like the best golfer in the world. So I just don't know what version of Colin Morikawa is going to show up. Uh, Daniel Berger thirty to one. I talked about him. He's great everywhere except for that strokes gained around the green category. He's terrible in that one, which made me stay away. Um, but that wouldn't be the worst bet in the world at thirty to one. Brooks Koepka can't trust him with his health. I just can't. I know even during his whole health health issues, he won the waste management, but. It's hard to bet on a guy who can't even kind of read the greens properly. He Has to stick one leg out straight because he can't bend that knee. That's not a good look. He, he didn't look healthy last week, so I'm not a Brooks good guy this week at 35 to one. Patrick Reed, I actually like him at 35 to one, um, but I can only bet on so many guys. But I mean, I don't. I think Patrick Reed is the best short game on the PGA Tour this week, but his approach game and his driving um, makes me stay away from him. 75th in strokes gained off the tee, not terrible, but greens in regulation, Patrick Reed is 168th. A little bit tough to win a, win a major championship uh, when you're 168th in strokes gained, uh, sorry, greens in regulation. He's you got to hit greens this week. Um, but I mean, you look at strokes gained around the green, Patrick Reed is tied for 49th. I actually would have expected it to be a little bit better, but then he is second in the PGA Tour in strokes gained, putting behind only Louis Oustazen. Uh, Cameron Smith, I talked about him. I think he's a great bet this week. I already got him. He's at 40-1 to to win. I already got him at 50-1, to as I mentioned, as well as a matchup bet, and I might look to bet on him live. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, he's overvalued now because he won the Masters. I mean, if if his short game is as good this week as it was at the Masters, he'll win because if his short game is – if he can keep up his short game as good as he played at the Masters, he's the best golfer in the world, bar none. Uh, But the issue is – 99% 99% of the time, a short game is terrible. So I won't be betting on him. Patrick Cantlay, another guy, I mean, he's similar to Xander, man. A lot of his numbers are very similar to Xander. Uh, his putting isn't as good as Xander, 65th in strokes gained putting right now. And he hasn't been in good form recently. Um, he kind of, he kind of fucked Xander in the uh, the Zurich Classic, the, the partner event. Um, but he is 7th in bogey avoidance. And if we look up strokes gained around the green, he's 8th. So very good around the green, so I wouldn't argue too hard against a Patrick Cantley bet. Let's look at his recent form though, because I don't think he's been he's he's been in good form recently, which is obviously something that you want to put some Yeah, he missed the cut in his last start. Wells Fargo, he missed the last two cuts. He missed the last three cuts. He missed the last four cuts. Outside of the zurich Classic, which you you don't really count. He's missed four straight cuts. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, that's not good. Don't bet on Cantley. Four four straight miscuts is not good. What's been What's been his What's been the fucking What's been his issue? Twenty second strokes gained off the tee. Thirty second greens in regulation. His putting hasn't been great. I don't. That's weird. That's weird for him to miss four straight cuts. So I mean, forty to one. I don't like that price on him. Tony Finau. Let's look at it. how is Tony Finau around the greens. I mean, don't bet on him to win. If you're going to bet Tony Finau, bet top five or top top ten. Uh, but he is twenty eighth in strokes gained around the greens. So he's not bad around the greens. Um, but he's one of the one of the biggest chokers in professional sport. Webb Simpson took a long hard look at Webb Simpson this week. I I, I do like Webb Simpson quite a bit. He's 15th in strokes gained around the green. First in bogey avoidance, so he's very good at avoiding bogeys, which could be big this week, especially if the conditions get a little bit rough. Uh, Let's look at his recent form. T9 at the RBC Heritage. So the one thing that does kind of concern me is he hasn't competed in a month. Uh, that's a long time to go with without competing. I would have liked to see him compete one of the last two weeks, but he hasn't. So who knows what kind of form he's going to show up in. That's kind of tricky with these guys who take a month off. Is sometimes they come back and they're rusty and they look terrible. Or then sometimes in Rory McIlroy's case, he took like uh, five weeks off and then came back and won the Wells Fargo. So it's very hard to judge guys who haven't golfed in a month. We don't know what they've been doing. We don't know how their games looked. We don't know if they've been grinding at the range or if they've just been chilling at home spending time with their family. So because of that, I would stay, I'm staying away from Webb Simpson, but I mean, 40 to one with a guy who uh, is that good as the best guy at avoiding bogeys on tour. I can't really argue with that. Uh, Abraham answer and Joaquin Neiman. Also two guys that I've talked about before are very similar golfers and that they're very good iron players, but their short games aren't great. Um, so Abraham answer 114th in strokes gained around the green. Um, that's not great. And then if we look at Neiman, I bet you it's somewhat similar. 109th in strokes gained around the green. So Joaquin Neiman and Abraham Ants are very similar golfers, in my opinion, and they're both at 50 to 1. Sam Burns is an interesting choice, but he's the kind of guy that I, I would more look at um, in low-scoring events, like last week. I don't like Sam Burns in events where you have to avoid um, bogeys and kind of and limit the damage. Because um, he's 78th in bogey avoidance, t 164 in strokes gained around the green, so I'll pass on Sam Burns. Uh, then obviously, I mean, Will Zalatoris. What's his short game like? He'd be an interesting choice. Uh, 82nd in strokes gained around the green. I think he got a little bit overvalued there when, with that Masters run. He's still a young guy. I think he's got a couple uh, a years. He's got a couple years to kind of figure things out a little bit more. Corey Connors. Love him, Canadian. Short game's shit. I would stay away from him. Mark Leishman might be a little bit of an interesting call, um, but he's strokes gained around the green, 167th, which is absolutely terrible. Tommy Fleetwood hasn't been in great form recently, but 7th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the green. Uh, he's one of the rare Europeans that are very, 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 very good around the green, greens. Um, but just his iron, I mean, he's 134th in greens and regulation, which is uncharacteristic. Of Tommy Fleetwood over the past few years, so don't like him, sixty to one. Matt Matt Fitzpatrick at sixty six to one. I bet on him last week and then he missed the cut, the fucker. So I'm, I'm a little bit angry at Matt Fitzpatrick right now for that. Fifty uh, sixth in strokes gained around the green. I talked about him last week. He's very solid everywhere, uh, like top one hundred and everything. So sixty six to one. That's not a bad little bet for him. Paul Casey, I like him at sixty six to one. Uh, as well that's not a bad bet as well for Paul Casey always brings it in majors he's still looking for that first major championship 61st and strokes gain around the green um I already have two units on him to beat Sung Jae though but if you want to bet on him to win the PJ championship um I wouldn't I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you that's not a bad bet uh so there you go I've kind of given my thoughts over like the top what 40 guys 30 guys top 30 guys or so uh, heading into this week. If you have any questions about any other long shots, another long shot that I didn't mention that I kind of like this week is Wyndham Clark. I think I saw that he actually got a hole-in-one during his practice round today. Um, and I think he was even an alternate. Uh, but Wyndham Clark, very good at strokes gained around the green. I, I, and, I mean, take this for what it's worth. Because, I mean, maybe I end up being wrong about this. But my kind of theory is, yeah, Wyndham Clark's ninth in strokes gained around the green. I think you guys want to focus on that scrambling, strokes gained around the green. I think that's what's going to be the most important this week. That's my opinion. So there you guys have it. That was my uh, fucking 40-minute rant about the PGA Championship. I gave you my thoughts on the course. I gave you my key stats a couple tips, a couple tricks. I gave you my picks, and then I gave my thoughts for most of like the top 40 guys on the odds list. So if you have any questions about any long shots that I didn't touch on, Harris English at 125 to 1 is interesting. Uh, go ahead and shoot me a DM on Twitter. I'll try to respond to as many of you as I can. But there you have it, friends. Like I said, this podcast is going to keep going. I don't know what it's exactly going to look like in the weeks to come. It might change a little bit. Um, I'm going to bring on my friend and now coworker jason Chandle, he's going to co-host an episode uh with me here in the near future i believe i got to talk to him about it but jason Chandle, a guy who i actually played university football with um works for not exactly for betsided um, but for the same company for minute media just on a different property so uh, small world is i actually talked to him today had a little video chat with him it's nice to catch up to him catch up with him uh, he's also Canadian in the Toronto area, so um, I'm going to bring him on to co-host an episode with me, and we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, exciting times, my friends. I'm glad that you're all following along. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, all that good stuff that helps us out. Like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to either email me at baconbethspodcast.gmail.com at or send me a message on Twitter. My DMs are open. I like talking to you guys, um, at least the majority of you, the ones of you that aren't completely crazy or the ones of you that... Um. Don't like to, I don't like talking to the guys who like to shit talk me in my DMs. That's not very fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love you all. Best of luck with your PGA Championship bets. Let me know what you guys are on. That's all I got for you. I'll talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.